What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever Numbers Guys Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Brent. Tonight, I am joined alongside by Seth Warner and Sam Auerbach. How this is going to work for the next few weeks, I believe we have eight weeks until opening day. We are going to be breaking down our rankings for starting pitchers, relief pitchers, first base, second base, third base, shortstop, outfield, and catcher. That is eight weeks for eight positional groups. Tonight, we are going to be starting it off with outfielders. I believe we are all going to talk about our top 10 outfielders for Roto scoring baseball. I know Seth is going to talk a little, about, a little bit about scoring in a second. That being said, Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you get us started tonight? Thank you, Brett. Um, yeah, I'm definitely really excited for these, these fantasy baseball episodes. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff planned out. The three of us each are making our own rankings so i guess those of you who are listening pick your favorite roll their rankings if not use a composite whatever you want to do uh but yeah we're really excited um first thing i do want to say is for those of you listening the most important thing i will continue to stress as we do these podcasts is to know your league scoring system that is huge for fantasy baseball and it cannot be understated fantasy football it's basically ppr or non-ppr Fantasy baseball, you can have head-to-head points, you can have head-to-head categories, you can have rotisserie scoring. Even if you have rotisserie scoring, you can have different categories that you use. So definitely be sure to know your league's categories uh, and your league scoring. That is really important when it comes uh, time for draft night. Uh, that being said, uh, my rankings are based on ESPN's standard 5x5 five five rotisserie scoring. Uh, so the five categories it looks at is batting average, home runs, runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. Um, I know the other guys kind of use, you know, different methods and they'll go into theirs too. Uh, Sam, you want to talk about how you made your rankings, Brent, talk about how you made yours and we'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, mine were pretty simple. I took, uh, fan graphs projections and compared it to what, obviously Normally, I would do ESPN's uh, average draft position. However, drafts really haven't started, so they don't have that available. So I did take uh, – uh, let me look at his name. Uh, one of ESPN's writers, uh, I believe Eric Carable, I took his rotor rankings, compared them to my the Fangraph's rankings to see where there were inconsistencies or – or should I say guys who were uh, – yeah, under overvalued. I got you. Yeah. So, uh, pretty simple. I, I adjusted for a couple of guys that I thought think will have better seasons or worse seasons based off not not even just last year, but the last full season we had. So, yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah, mine I've been working on and changing and tweaking a little bit. I started playing fantasy baseball competitively about seven years ago, so it's definitely come a long way. I used to just read magazines. Now I definitely have it down to a pretty sound system, finishing the top three in my fantasy leagues in the past four years. Boy. Um, so I have nine stat categories for hitters and pitchers. So 18 total of those nine categories, you can either receive an A grade, a B grade, or a C grade. Uh, C grade is if you land within the first quartile on a box and whisker plot, a a grade is if you land within the third quartile on a boss, box and whisker plot. And the B grade is if you land anywhere in between. And for that, I add up all the grades. An A is three, a B is two, and a C is one. 
you can have anywhere from nine to 27 points. Um, tonight, I have four outfielders, actually, who among outfielders scored 27 points, and I Ooh. think I will get into that in a little bit. Nice. And then mine, and, you know, I obviously I know a lot of you guys listening don't really care for how we got our rankings, but we're definitely showing it just to, you know, talk about how we come up with what we got, uh, and then we'll hop right into it. Mine, I took the five categories I just mentioned. Um, I use projections from Steamer, which is on Fangraphs. Uh, Steamer is a... Uh, you know, a projection model used for baseball every season. Uh, it is notoriously one of the most accurate projection models out there. So I use their projections. Um, and then I, I broke it down by position too, uh, to see how much better a, a given player is compared to the rest of his position group. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll make my composite rankings at the very end, but I like to go position by position and look how look to see how a player compares to the rest of their position rather than the rest of the field. So that being said, let's hop into our rankings. My top 10, we'll go, we can each go through our top 10 and then, you know, some stuff we like and don't like there. Uh, My top 10 in order is Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Eloy Jimenez, Marcel Ozuna, Whit Merrifield, and Luis Robert. Yeah, mine was actually very similar to yours. A couple minor changes for the just some personal preferences. But uh, I had Acuna number one, Soto two, Bellinger four. Or, sorry, Acuna one, Soto two, Bellinger three, Mookie four, Yelich five, Mike Trout six, Luis Robert seven. Whit Merrifield eight, Starling Marte nine, and Kyle Tucker ten. Yeah, I'll jump in here. I just want to note quick, these will probably be tweaked. I just peeked at Steamer projections. I currently use CBS Sports. I like Steamer a lot better just by off of the eye test, looking at it for 30 seconds. But right now, <laughs> off CBS Sports projections, one to ten, it goes Juan Soto, Christian Yellick. Ronald Acuna and Mookie Betts. Those are the four that scored 27 points on my scale. And then I'll give you five through 10, which are Mike Trout, Marcelo Zuna, George Springer, uh, Lourdes Gurriel, Cody Bellinger, and Kyle Tucker. Sweet. So let's, let's dive into our top 10 a little bit. Um, just a couple guys to highlight. Uh, I'm going to go into my top two real quick. Ronald Acuna, he comes in at number one for me. Uh, he's a guy that I think, if I'm drafting today and if I'm in a, in a five by five rotisserie league where stolen bases is a category, I think Acuna goes number one. Uh, he is based on steamer projections. He's expected to uh, be tied in the home run lead for outfielders and is supposed to lead all outfielders in stolen bases. You aren't going to find that anywhere else. So that's why I have him ranked above everyone else. I also have a tier system in my, uh, in my rankings too, to show like, how much better uh, a group of players are compared to the rest of the field. He is in a league of his own right below him. Also in a league of his own is Juan Soto. Uh, He is a ridiculous hitter. The fact that he is still, what is he? 22 years old right now. 22 baby. It's incredible. He's going to be an absolute monster. If you're drafting in a dynasty league, you absolutely take him number one. Uh, But you know, everything we talk about here is going to be redraft. Uh, So he's number two. Uh, Then the next tier is Bellinger, Betts, Trout, Yelich. Uh, that, that's basically all up to personal preference. I have them all ranked really close to each other. 
Uh, Bellinger, you may like because he also has the first base eligibility. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. And then the next, the next four uh, in another tier. This is really; these are some really interesting names: Eloy Jimenez, Marcelo Zuna, Whitmerfield, and Luis Robert. This is where it's really important to know your league scoring system. Eloy Jimenez, uh, Eloy, yeah, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert do not walk a lot at all. So in a league like this, where on base percentage and walks don't really matter as much, or strikeouts, these are guys that are going to be really high in your draft board. And just to show how different your rankings can be in different scoring systems, I have Luis Robert ranked 10th here. I also made a ranking system for head-to-head points, just using ESPN standard scoring, and he comes in at 32 because strikeouts and walks are important there. He strikes out a lot, doesn't walk a lot. So can't stress it enough, know your league scoring system, but based on ESPN traditional rotisserie, that is my, uh, that is my top 10. And again, Whit Merrifield you may like too because he's also got the second base eligibility. Sam, what about you? Uh, I think you covered most of what are most of the players in the top 10, obviously very similar, but the one guy that I don't believe is in your top 10 that I have is Starling Marte. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised to have him there. Didn't hear a lot about him. I mean, he obviously he got traded from Arizona, Miami, but nothing, not really that notable of a season. But if you look back to 2019, when he had his first full season, well, for, for uh, his last 162 game season, he only played 132 games, but he had 97 runs, 23 home runs, 25 stolen bases in at 295. Wow. I wouldn't really call any of those specifically elite, but the fact that he has all of them in one season is ridiculous. He may not, he may be undervalued by a lot of people just by his name alone, but if you go deep into his stats and what he can do, he's a very good roto player. He's very balanced and I highly recommend taking him. I think he's going to go, I think he's very undervalued and he's going to surprise a lot of people at the end of the year. Yeah, somebody I want to talk about who I didn't have in my top 10, who I don't believe played last year, Baltimore Orioles, first baseman, who also has outfield eligibility, Trey Mancini. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Trey Mancini. Let me pull up what I think he could do this year. Um, I think he'll be an above 300 hitter. I think he will have an OPS of above 900. I'm very, I'm very high on Trey Mancini this year. Um, I know that's a little bit of a risky pick, and you can probably nab him later in the draft. But um, I think he's going to be a top 50 player in fantasy baseball this season, at least. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mancini, and uh, yeah, we the the three of us are all in a uh, a 30 team dynasty league, which has been drafting since uh, the beginning of the calendar year. And I was very happy to to land Mancini. I think he's going to have an awesome bounce back year. And he's a fun guy to root for too. He's obviously overcome a lot. Uh, so yeah, I like Mancini a lot too. Uh, let's get into 10 through 20. Uh, I have two tiers here. You know, the tiers kind of get bigger as, uh, as the rankings go on 10 through 20 in order is Kyle Tucker, Bryce Harper, George Springer, Starling Marte, Randy Arazarena, Byron Buxton, Charlie Blackman, Trent Grisham, uh, and is that the last one? No, I'm sorry. Aaron Judge and Michael Conforto. That rounds it out. Sam, how about you? Uh, again, my 11 through 20 was pretty similar. Uh, I had Aloy Jimenez, Marcelo Zuna, Bryce Harper, Randy Rosarena, Byron Buxton, George Springer, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Eddie Rosario, Charlie Blackman, and to cap it all off, Tommy Pham. 
Yeah, I'll go 11 through 20 real quick. Mine goes Randy Arozarena, Kyle Lewis, Trey Mancini, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, barely beating out Alex Verdugo, Alex Dickerson, Michael Brantley, <laughs> Clint Frazier, and Hunter Dozier. Cool. Let's dive into a couple of those names. Uh, Bryce Harper, again, a product of knowing what kind of league you're in. Uh, he's a guy that probably isn't as good in Roto as he would be in total points because he is an absolute walk machine. Uh, he is projected to have a 247 average this year, but a, an on-base percentage of 383. So he's going to walk a ton. He does it every year. Uh, so if your league uses on-base percentage over batting average, I would definitely bump him up. The dude finds a way to get on base. You know he'll hit home runs. Uh, Sam already hit on Starling Marte. Uh, Byron Buxton's also an interesting one, too. And I know Sam and I were talking about him. He is a guy who could be an absolute roto monster if, if he can stay healthy. He's only played one season over 100 games, so it's definitely a risk. But if he's healthy, he's a guy who's going to hit home runs and steal bases. Uh, projected 18 stolen bases by, uh, by Steamer. Also projected 25 home runs. Uh, he walks a decent amount, not as much as you'd probably like him to, but if he's healthy, he could be a potential steal. And same goes for Aaron Judge, too. And obviously, we know the health is always a concern for him. But again, if he's healthy, he's going to be a walk machine. He's going to hit home runs. So, you know, uh, definitely some guys to look out for there. Yeah, like you mentioned with Byron Buxton, I, again, I was also very surprised for him to be this high in my rankings, but once I looked at the numbers again, I realized he deserved He very much deserved to be there. I mean, uh, obviously shortened season last year, but he had an expected slugging percentage of 551. He did outperform that, obviously, but regardless, that is just a ridiculous number. I don't think he'll continue in the next year, but the fact that he has that stat, that ridiculously high, coming from a guy who's usually not a, been a power header is huge for him, especially in this league, because that will significantly impact the number of home runs he hits, number of RBIs, and maybe even the number of runs. Who knows? Obviously, the biggest the biggest thing for him is staying healthy, but, I mean, he's, a, he's going, regardless of if he's healthy or not, he's going to get you stolen bases. If he's healthy, he will get you home runs, and he will get you RBIs. I think this is a great pick, a guy who also will is very undervalued, just like uh, Marte, so... Expect big things from Buxton coming next year. Yeah, a guy I want to touch upon, I know Seth already sort of talked about him, is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's only 28 years old. Um, believe it or not, I think there's actually still a lot of room for improvement there, especially after his past season and a half, I guess I would call it. Um, but if we look at his averages 2017 through 2019, um, batting average 272. So nothing like it was in his MVP season where I believe he hit around 325, 330. Um, but on average, per 162 games, 38 home runs, 115 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, which is respectable, and 160 hits. Um, I think he's flying under the radar in a lot of people's um, rankings, personally. I, I think he is still a top-tier talent in the league. And I expect this to be a huge bounce back year for him. I don't think he's played poor enough for him to win comeback player of the year, but I think on the Phillies as a Philly, if we look at the entire Phillies organization, he may win comeback player of the year for that team. Yeah, no, I definitely, I really like him this season. We know that, 
you know, that's a pretty lefty friendly uh, stadium he plays in. Definitely room for home runs. Um, and again, knowing your league scoring system, if your league values walks, Bryce Harper flies up your board. Luis Robert takes a step down. You just, just know your league scoring. Yep. Same with Eloy. Absolutely. Just know your league scoring system. That is huge. Uh, Cause you know, valuing or not valuing walks is basically going to determine where you have a guy like Bryce Harper, but especially if your league values walks, Bryce Harper is a guy I also love this season. Let's hop into 20 through, I'm sorry, 21 through 30. Uh, again, I have two tiers here. Uh, the, the cutoff is after Max Kepler. So we got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Tommy Pham, Eddie Rosario, Jeff McNeil, Anthony Santander, Max Kepler, Alex Verdugo, Michael Brantley, Victor Robles, and Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, again, similar ranking years, but a couple different changes in between. Uh, I have Trent Grisham, Victor Robles, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, Anthony Santander, Aaron Judge, Alex Verdugo, Michael Brantley, Ryan Mountcastle, and Teoscar Hernandez. I'll jump in. I think a lot of the names I'm about to list have already been mentioned. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Charlie Blackman, Ian Happ, Nick Castellanos, Byron Byron Buxton, Whit Merrifield, Eloy Jimenez, Jimenez, someone correct me, please. Eloy Jimenez. Yes. Jimenez, there we go. There you go. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Santander, Austin Meadows, and Michael Conforto. Sweet. So before I get into my guys, I, I think we're learning something here, and correct me if you guys think I'm wrong. So those are, those are our top 30. I didn't hear one name there that I genuinely don't like. And in a 10-team in a league, if, if you're going – by the book, those 30 are your starting outfielders because you'll generally have three outfield spots. There's a lot of depth at outfield this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, Absolutely. I mean, we're, there are still guys that I haven't read off that I love this season. I'm sure the same goes for you guys, too. So just there something are, to note there. In my, rankings, in my rankings, there are 38 outfielders that I would give an A grade to. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I – and, you know, we'll obviously get into other positions as – as the weeks and months go on, but uh, outfield is definitely one of those positions. Don't feel in the early rounds. If you can get yourself an Acuna Soto Bellinger, by all means go for it. But you know, if you're in those middle rounds and you're between one of the last good middle infielders and one, like an outfielder you like go with that middle infielder. There's a ton of depth here. So let me hop into some of the guys uh, that I mentioned. First guy I want to mention who I love as a sleeper this year, Anthony Santander on the Orioles. Uh, if you guys, listen to our AL East preview that is uh, that just came out uh, you know we talked a little bit a little bit about the Orioles Anthony Anthony Santander is one of those guys that I feel like a lot of fantasy players are just going to write off as a, as a decent outfielder on an okay team whatever this dude can hit this dude can really hit projected to hit two, uh, 262 again doesn't walk a ton so again uh, definitely make sure you know your league scoring uh, I, I will continue to say that. I'm sorry, but I will continue to say that. Uh, Santander projected hit 30 home runs this season. And this is a guy who you're drafting as an outfielder three. The The upside there is huge. You know, Oriole, he's a switch hitter. Uh, he can hit from both sides of the plate as a righty. We know it's an absolute launching pad in Baltimore. Same thing with, the, you know, the, the, the shallow high wall in right field. Uh, he's a guy I definitely love this season. 
Uh, I also like Verdugo, but I'm, I'm going to let Brent talk about him because I'm sure he's got a lot to say on Verdugo. Um, and I'll also go into Michael Brantley too. Uh, so we're not, we're not looking too much into ADP yet, uh, average draft position, because a lot of these drafts haven't happened yet. Uh, but he was a guy that stood out to me. He is currently being drafted as the 38th outfielder. I have him ranked at 28. He's one of those guys that, yes, he's getting older, but he continues to produce. Uh, he will always hit for a high average. He's got decent pop. He stayed with Houston, so we know he, we know that he can succeed on the Astros. Uh, not going to hit you hit a ton of home runs or get a ton of steals, but if you're looking for a high average guy in the middle to late rounds, Michael Brantley is definitely a guy I'd be targeting. Yeah, I think you nailed it, especially with uh, Anthony Santander. If you look at his last two seasons, if you adjust for a 162-game season, he would, he would have 39 home runs, 114 RBIs, 88 runs. Only issue is two stolen bases, but I mean, you're, he's three of those four. He knocks that out of the park. You're drafting him as, a, as an outfielder three. That's, That's insane. ridiculous, yes. Uh, most, depending on who you're drafting with, they might not know who Santander is. Uh, obviously, he plays in Baltimore. Not a very good team, but... <laughs> I mean, we're just being honest. It's fair. It's uh, fair. He, uh, obviously, <laughs> we don't have the ADPs, but I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to be drafted. I, th- I have him as my 25th outfielder. He probably won't be drafted as a top 30 outfielder, and he yeah. definitely has that value. I think he definitely can pick up the stolen bases. Uh, his sprint speed is at 40. Is the 46th percentile? So for him to average about two steals per 162 games over the last two seasons, I expect that to go up. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's just going to overvalue wherever he's drafted. I'm sure of it, especially playing for such a low level team like Baltimore. Yeah. And Brent, before you go real quick, uh, kind of like Brantley saying, like you mentioned, I also have Santander at 25. He's currently being drafted as the 41st outfielder. There is ridiculous value there for a guy who's, uh, who's per 162 had him hitting 39 home runs last year. Yeah. Well, over the the last two years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So over his last 162, he's hit 39 home runs. That's as an outfielder three, I'm taking that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Brent, go ahead. Uh, Verdugo. Verdugo. Uh, the next face of the Boston Red Sox. Um, I think now Verdugo, Bogey and Raphael, the next big three in Boston. Uh, that's the, probably the best big three since Pedro Manny and big poppy. Wow. Yeah. I, I think they're, gonna, wow. I think they're going to be that good. Um, they're all pretty young Verdugo's 25 Bogarts is 28. I think, I think Devers is somewhere in that 25 to 26 range. Um, I, I'm very high on Verdugo. I think he'll be consistently hitting above 300 for the next five to six years. I think he'll be consistently mashing about 25 to 30 home runs next four to five years. Um, There's nothing not to love about this guy. And as a Boston fan, it's really hard not to root for him. Yeah, I I definitely think he's going to be a guy that is a staple in that lineup for a long time. Um, All right. So that's, that's our top thirties real quick. Why don't we all pick a couple guys to mention let's let's do some sleepers sleepers outside of our top 30 guys that we're looking to target um let's go with how many want to go with two or three maybe let's do two or three that sounds perfect sounds good all right uh my first guy uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my deep sleeper first just because 
I was just looking at him. My deep sleeper, Dylan Carlson. He is a rookie for the St. Louis Cardinals. Maybe not a name that uh, everyone's too familiar with, but he should get a chance to you know, play a significant role on this team this year. He's currently being drafted outside the top 100 outfielders. And again, a lot of these drafts haven't happened yet, so I'm not looking too deep into that. In his last full season in the minors, he hit 292, 26 home runs, and 20 steals over 126 games. He also had an on-base percentage of 372 and a slugging percentage of 542. This dude mashes and he can run. Again, he's not probably not going to put up those numbers in his rookie season, but if you're looking for depth in your outfield for a guy that's not being drafted inside the top 100 outfielders, that is ridiculous value on him. Uh, so he's a guy I'm definitely high on going into this season. Uh, you want to go one at a time or do all three? Uh, we can go around the horn a few times. Sounds good. Sam, who you got? Uh, for the, I really only have one true sleeper, and that is Rymel Tapia. He's Rymel Tilapia. Yes. Rymel Tapia. <laughs> yes. And the majority of his value just comes from stolen bases. Uh, last year, in 51 games, he had eight stolen bases and got caught just twice, which projects for over 162-game season, 26 stolen bases, seven caught stealing. On top of that, he also had a 321 batting average last year. And I believe he's also now going to be, according to fan graphs, I believe he's projected to lead off for the Rockies. So expect a lot of volume in terms of batting average and stolen bases along with RBIs and home well. His biggest issue, obviously, is his RBIs and home runs. He's not a big power guy. Only he had one home run last year, 17 RBIs. That being said, he does play in Colorado. So over a full game, full season with, you know, the high elevation, that would probably seem to go up. But, I mean, uh, according to ESPN, has him as their uh, 98th best outfielder. I had him at 34. I think that is tremendous upside for a guy who will most likely get you about 15 stolen bases next year while hitting around 260, 270, 280. Yeah, I, I even say 280. Value. All right. I will jump in with my first sleeper. Uh, that would be Dominic Smith. I believe he has outfield eligibility. Dominic Smith of the New York Mets. Um, I have him projected with a slugging percentage of 513. Um, usually guys, I wouldn't call that a high slugging percentage, but usually with guys with slugging percentages trending in the upwards direction, you worry a little bit about batting average. I still have them hitting around 270 this season. Yeah, no, Dom Smith, definitely. If he, if he can get an everyday role, he's a dude who we saw last year, the dude can hit. Um, and again, a lot of these guys that, that we're mentioning here, these are high upside guys. If you're, if you're taking a fourth or fifth outfielder in fantasy or just any bench players, I traditionally like to go with the upside at this point. It can't hurt. These are late round picks. These are the picks that can win you your leagues. So at this point, I'm looking for upside here. And one guy that epitomizes that is we hit on him a little bit, Ryan Mountcastle. I have him at 32. I have him at 32. I am a huge fan of Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, again, I talked, I talked about it a little bit on the, on the AL East podcast. These Orioles have sneaky good hitters. They really do. Ryan Mountcastle last year played 35 games for the Orioles. 
he hit 333 with five homers and 23 RBIs. Uh, and his strikeout to walk ratio was about three. So he struck out 30 times, walked 11 times. So he, he will walk a decent amount. The dude can hit for, for power. He can hit for a high average. His last year in the minors, he hit 312 with 25 homers. I mean, that's just, that's insane. And, and his walk rate was also much higher in the MLB than it was in the minors. So that's really good to see there. He's got tremendous upside. He's young. There's only room to improve. He, he's a guy that I'm absolutely going to be targeting in all my drafts, especially in dynasty drafts, but even in redrafts, I think he's got really, really good value as a fourth outfielder this year. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm also my next sleeper. Oh, I, as am I, especially if he can get catcher eligibility. We'll see, obviously, with Adley coming up, but I think he can also play first base, too. I don't know about catcher, sure. but I'm, I'm pretty sure he played yeah. first. Uh, I meant, yeah, sorry, I meant first base. <laughs> I'm like, that's the ultimate utility. Sure. Put, 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 put him a catcher. Put him a catcher. I'm drafting him as like the fourth catcher off the board. Anyways. Or if I take him first, I think, after the second half. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next sleeper is actually Andrew McCutcheon, the veteran. Uh, obviously, his best days are behind him, but he's still a hell of a player. Again, a big issue with him is health. Last year, he did play 57 to 60 games, but before that, he only played, I believe he played less than 60. So if he could stay, this is very contingent in him staying healthy. Anyways, last year over, if you extend it to 162 games, he had 29 home runs, 97 RBIs, only a 253, but had 12 stolen bases. And to get that value at where ESPN projects him to be 64th, I have him 42nd, is tremendous. He has a lot of upside. He's obviously a hell of a player. Expect him to have one of the best years of his career, post-Pirates at least. I like it. In. Oh, go ahead, Sam. No, I was saying, I like that. All right. Go for it. <laughs> um, my second sleeper, um, unfortunately, he's a little bit on the older side, which I was surprised. I think he's like 30 years old. He spent a lot of time down in the minors, and that is Mike Yastrzemski. Um, 151 hits I have him projected with a 353 on base percentage, uh, slugging, uh, OPS, not slugging, excuse me. Um, OPS around 835. That's pretty solid. Um, I've been ranked 42nd in my ranking. So flirting around that top 30 line. Um, but yeah, the only downside is if you're in a keeper league, you see Mikey Stremski, you're like, oh, he's a relatively new name. But then if you look into how old he is, he's, he's a bit older for a guy with as little experience in the majors that he has. For sure. Um, we got one more each. Yeah, let's do it. That good. Cool. All right. My last one is a guy who is on a different team now in Kyle Schwarber. I really like that. He landed on the nationals. I think this lineup is going to be pretty decent. I, I really like what they did this off season. Uh, I think he's going to have a chance to get a ton of RBIs. Uh, you know, I, I really like the lineup ahead of him. Uh, that's number one. And number two, Wrigley. So we all, we obviously know Kyle Schwarber is a dead pull hitter. Down the line in right field in, in Chicago is one of the deepest parks in baseball, not to mention that it is consistently windy there. I think going to Washington is going to be a much more hitter-friendly park for him. I expect his power numbers to go up. He was in the 95th percentile in exit velocity last season. The dude hits the ball really hard. Um, 
He also walks at a really high rate. So again, if your league values walks, he's a guy, even if he hits for a low average, he's a career 230 hitter. Uh, his on-base percentage is 336. So he will walk a ton. Um, I expect the power numbers to go up. I expect uh, the on-base percentage numbers to go up. I expect RBIs to go up with uh, with the beef of that lineup. Uh, Schwarber's a guy I'm also going to be targeting late in drafts. Yeah, uh, one guy who, similar to what I said before, who I think is going to have a, probably a breakout year is Miles Straw. Uh, formerly, the, formerly the backup center fielder in Houston to George Springer. He now gets a starting role. He's not a great hitter, per se, but his main claim to fame, if you will, is his speed. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the league in, spe- in steals now that he is the starting job. We haven't seen like a whole that. lot of him, obviously, because yet young guy was behind George Springer. He's not only is he going to get runs, obviously, he's also going to be able to, or sorry, not only is he going to be able to get steals, he'll be able to get runs with their high-powered offense. So uh, right now he's the 97th ranked outfielder TSPN. I think that's ridiculous. Obviously, it, more of a one-sided type of guy, but if you need steals, I highly recommend Miles Straw. He can still hit a decent, a decent amount, but like his steals is where he's going to shine. Yeah, I'll jump in with my last sleeper before we wrap things up. Washington Nationals left fielder Andrew Stevenson. Um, this guy can hit. Um, 269 average. Respectable. I'd like to think that's above the league average. However, on base percentage, 348, slugging 498. So when he's getting on base, he's hitting the ball pretty damn well. And that's an OPS of 846, which isn't ridiculously high, but that's very respectable out of a guy that is probably low on many draft boards or at least in the middle. Um, I have him ranked around 55 on my draft board. I think if you took him as a 35th outfielder, that would still be a good pick. I like that. And do we want to do uh, do we want to do one fade real quick before we wrap it up? One what? One guy to fade in this yeah, year's draft. Cool. Uh, Sam, I know we I know we mentioned uh, the guy you want to mention. Do you want to go first? Uh, actually, yeah, I would. Uh, kind of. I think I changed it. I don't know if this is the one I told you, but uh, the one guy I think you should fade is Austin Meadows. He's coming off a very, very poor year last year. Uh, second second percentile on expected batting average, about 182. Uh, he had just four home runs, obviously short in season. I mean, outside of his 2019, he really hasn't performed super well in the major leagues. Uh, I mean... Right now, he's the 22nd outfielder according to ESPN. I think that's really high. I have him at 38. You know, he, do, he doesn't get a lot of steals. Home runs is probably the only thing he'll do well at, if anything. So I, if, you, if he falls, you can get him. But for the most part, I don't see him being a top outfielder this year. Brent, you got one? Yeah, um, I think I do anyway. I know there's been a lot of hype around this guy. Uh, Rays outfielder, please correct me for my awful pronunciation. Um, Yoshitomo Tsutsugo. Tsutsugo. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really high on this guy for some reason. Um, I just don't think the numbers in the MLB will be there for him. That's fair. 
That is fair. And then my guy, and again, when we say fade, at least for me, these aren't guys that you're absolutely not taking. It's guys that we don't like where they're currently being drafted. Uh, right now, Will Myers is currently being drafted as the 17th outfielder off the board. And I understand he's coming off a really good year. But Will Myers is a guy that, again, maybe I'm taking him as as my fourth outfielder because we know you know, just how good that Padres lineup is. He'll have an opportunity to get some RBIs, you know, and coming off a really good year. But he's a guy that, you know, he's dealt with injuries in the past. He, you know, good outfielder, but, you know, had had a breakout year last year. I'm pretty sure he's around like 31, 32 years old. He's been in the league for a while. Um, so, again, not a guy I'm not taking this year, but somebody who I'm not going to be taking at 17. I'll probably look to take him in the – in the early to mid thirties. Uh, and then one more note I have to just while we're on the topic of outfielders, especially in Roto leagues, I just want to make this clear. I feel like a lot of people tend to draft guys that specialize in one category, like a Billy Hamilton type. I know he's on a minor league deal this year, so he's not going to be a guy that you're drafting, but try to avoid drafting for one category while taking a hit in other categories. Uh, and, at, you know, least, Steve, at least with your first early picks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a believer in getting guys late in the draft that I think can help me in multiple categories rather than one. Um, part of my rankings is basically an average of each category. Um, so, you know, it kind of it kind of values more of a broad. How do they do in every category rather than specializing one? Um, that's more of a personal preference, but uh I try not to draft for specific categories. Not that Will Myers is that guy. Just, just something I want to mention on the uh, on the outfield pod. All right. That being said, that is going to do it for our numbers, guys. Inaugural fantasy baseball podcast. Again, my name is Brent. I'm joined by Seth Warner and Sam Auerbach tonight. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time, have a good one.